Well, welcome back, everybody. This is the SEC Football Show. Doing our second show of the day here, Chris. Week two is finished up. We are going to look at that and also take a little preview. Sneak peek of week three. Get you all broken down there. This is TJ Pittenger, as always, with your host, Chris Landry. Chris, how you doing this week? I'm doing great. It was an interesting week in the conference. Can't wait to break it all down. Yeah, well, we'll jump right into it. Like we always like to say, part of the Big Three Roll-Up Network. Appreciate those guys over there that we work with. Also, if you want a deeper dive into any of this, um, from the top to the bottom of the conference, you can check out the good stuff over at LandryFootball.com. Really inexpensive, pretty pretty affordable um, subscription over there. Chris likes to say for less than a magazine subscription, you can get caught up and go way more in depth with not only your favorite team, but every team out there in in every – Every league, pro and college, and so really good stuff over at Landry Football. Appreciate the partnership there. Um, let's get right into it. We started with Florida State on the ACC. Let's start with Tennessee on uh, on this SEC show. Uh, after the bad loss in Week One, they were favored to win against BYU, but could not get it done. Tell me about Pruitt. Tell me about Tennessee, and, and what's going on there, Chris? Well, you know, first of all, the positives that they did play better. Uh, than they did the first week against Georgia State. I know that it was, uh, you know, well, you can't get worse. Well, it always can get worse. It can always can get better, believe it or not. I thought the effort was better, and I thought they played a a, a cleaner game, probably the wrong phrase, but not as, not as unkept as it was week one. But the issues begin to show up in terms of kind of what I call frayed edges. Lots of missed opportunities early in the red zone comes back to catch him. Um, you know, Garantano did not play well, throwing the football into coverage, making mistakes. Um, obviously, the breakdown in coverage. They're in a cover three look. They're closing out the game. And BY, BY you, the deep get deeper than the deepest, wider than the widest. Nobody gets behind you. I mean, that's just no way that happens. BYU gets behind them, completes the pass, and kicks the field goal. Um, they just they had a couple of chances to put the game away to Tennessee. They're not able to run the football well enough. They're not good enough with their passing game. And they're a really poor situational football team. And that's a problem. I thought that they were more physical this week. And I thought they ran the ball a little bit better. But they just – what I'm noticing – particularly as it relates to this game, is their inability to finish games due to their lack of depth up front. Now, the talent level and the talent gap, to me, was more of an indicator of potential problems um, within the SEC. But it's starting to show up against, well, BYU's a talented team a lot better than people might think. They're a good defensive front. They're physical. But the alarming thing is kind of how they struggled so much. It's still hard to get out of the mind how they lost to Georgia State last week. And then in a position to win, which they should have beaten BYU, they couldn't do it. They couldn't finish. A little bit of a theme, um, you know, that we've talked about with some other teams, this inability to finish. But it's a little bit of a difference there. It's not the style of offense that putting the defense on more. It's just the defense's inability necessarily to get off the field, making crucial mistakes in coverage. And then on offense, missing some opportunities to make some plays. Look, they're, they're not completely devoid of playmakers. 
but they're also not very good at the line of scrimmage. So it, it, it's a very difficult loss. It's getting very negative, and, you know, they're, they're potentially, and usually it doesn't go as bad as you think, but they're, they're potentially staring into a one-and-six start. Um, you know, you got Florida, you got Georgia, you got Mississippi State, you got Alabama. I mean, between Chattanooga and UAB, I, you know, it's maybe they can pull the upset over somebody. You know, you could see South Carolina and the way Carolina plays. You could see that, although I wouldn't wouldn't forecast at this point because I think South Carolina is more talented. But, no, there's definitely some problems. I think the old, whole issue is is identifying them correctly and do they have the wherewithal on the coaching staff to fix it? And is there enough patience? The one thing that I always talk about in my coaching searches is when you're at a big time program and you got problems that need to be fixed, does the guy that you hire, is he experienced enough to know how to identify the problems and then to how to fix it? And if you, if you've got an issue to fix and you put a guy in a position that's never done it before and you're in a what I would call a high you know profile job where there's going to be a lot of scrutiny and a lot of upheaval and a lot of um, consternation when you struggle like at Tennessee I think this is what we're dealing with it's a it's a bigger problem and a bigger issue that has been an an issue for some time and you know, Jeremy's is a, is in a first is in a first time head coaching situation, and I think he's having a rough time with it. And I don't know how this is going to play out. He recovered last year, pulled off a couple wins, like against particularly one against Auburn. Uh, can he do that again this year? We're going to have to wait and see. But right now, they got a long way to go. So again, we're following the same model. We did this in the ACC too. We went from from bad to good but on the good side of the conference LSU with a big win um 39 points scored in that fourth quarter uh one of them you know with with kind of no time left but uh you know to make it look a little closer than it was but tell me about the Tigers going to Texas and getting that win Joe Burrow was phenomenal threw the football well stepped up made plays the receivers were outstanding Marshall Chase and particularly Jefferson, but all three were great. Um, they were open all night. When there was time to throw, they were able to beat Texas as secondary. Uh, the offensive line had some protection issues early on, but as the game went along, they really, really did a good job in pass pro. Um, winning shootout games, being aggressive on offense is very anti-LSU in recent years. So for them to be able to do it, it's created a lot of excitement. What I would say to kind of halt the excitement, and I don't want to be the guy that's always throwing cold water on things, but that's the coach in me. What I look at is, okay, the defense wasn't optimal. Why was that? Well, because the pace of the offense. You know, we've talked about it with teams that are struggling or teams that are really good. You know, LSU is one of those teams that's really good. But if the pace of the offense continues to be what it is, the defense won't be elite like it has been in the past. They won't be able to play it. Like, for example, Texas is used, their defense is used to playing that many snaps. LSU's is not. That led to a lot of the cramping and a lot of the problems. 
Sam Ellinger was outstanding and, quite frankly, took it to an LSU secondary that's as talented as anybody in the country. I mean, they got three NFL starting caliber corners there, and Texas kind of took them apart in a lot of respects. And Texas had opportunities early. that LSU doesn't cover a back out of the backfield, and Texas has a touchdown. They drop it early. So it wasn't really two stops in the red zone. It was one stop and one, well, an issue with Texas there. So, But a very good win. I thought going in, LSU had better personnel. I thought they might be able to handle Texas a little more easily. Uh, I thought the defense would be able to control Texas a little bit better. They did not. And, you know, but there was some positives. But I think going forward, it's, again, the ability to play the complementary style of football. And let's see what LSU can do in terms of improvement. Their four-minute offense. That is something I think that's interesting to watch. Uh, But this LSU team certainly has the makeup offensively to cause people a lot of problems. Um, It's going to be awfully tough for Florida and Auburn to hold this offensive down like they've done in the past. And I think it's going to be tougher for Alabama to hold this offensive down as, as in the past. So to me, it's going to be about the ability to establish the run in those games and the ability to to do that to allow their defense to be really good. Because in shootout games, it's always interesting. I don't think Florida and Auburn can beat LSU in a shootout this year. Alabama could. Uh, we'll get to that a little bit later. But really a lot of excitement in Baton Rouge um, with the Tigers and their play, uh, particularly on offense. Saw a, a tweet or a post that said, and I know we don't we don't necessarily do um, betting odds here or anything like that, but saw a tweet that Joe Burrow's um, odds to win the Heisman were two hundred to one um, when the season started. They are six to one right now. I know that's Vegas definitely trying to capitalize on the momentum and the excitement there. But uh, any thoughts around that? Like, did, is he a realistic candidate for that? Here's the thing about it. When is a very rarely, and sometimes it's rare, very rare. I mean, you don't win the Heisman in September, October. It's it's a November award. I mean, I can remember they had basically wrapped up the Heisman for Geno Smith a few years ago, and then he collapsed in November. So, look, I, I think Joe's been outstanding. I think that will continue to be the case. And if, if he's in the race, I think you know you could throw him in there along with some others. If he performs well and is a big factor in them beating Florida and Auburn, then absolutely the 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 momentum will get going. But at the end of the day, it's going to come down to what he does against Alabama in that game. Because if he is the favorite and he goes up against Alabama and he doesn't get it done and they lose, it's over. It's done. It's going to go to someone else. If he does, well, then, you know, quite frankly – he could go into that game not as the favorite, and you know it. It it could turn out. Look, I mean, they could go. It could be Tua and Burrow going into that game. I mean, this is two teams that played the nine six game years ago, and we could be talking <laughs> about the two quarterbacks going into that game, and maybe. But there's so much football left that I mean, there's going to be a whole slew of guys that are taken on, taken off the Heisman list, and put on the Heisman list. Uh, based upon their play from this point out, way too early. Yeah. Uh, you remember Johnny had his Heisman moment against Alabama. Yes. Um, Jameis had his against Clemson. 
And yes. and then, you know, obviously those guys played very well the rest of the year as well. But, you know, when you when you win those big ones, that's the that's the moment that everybody remembers, right? That's it. And and and, and that's if you, what's if has you put to a, happen. Yeah. If you put up great numbers and play well before and you don't play well in those games, you're off the radar, just I mean, lickety split. So it really is, you know, as I always like to say, whether it's the Heisman or games for coaches, what are quote unquote the big time games, it's the games in November. Those are the ones you remember. For sure. So it'll be interesting to see that one. I, I tell you, though, the excitement around that LSU Bama game this year is just going to be fantastic. Not that it isn't every other year, but whew, that one will be fun with those two. Could QBs. be something. If they take care of business, you're right. That could be. That would be a different look and a different feel to it. Alabama's won like seven in a row. This could have a lot different feel to it and, and would be the biggest matchup these two have had since that 9-6 game. And it'd be a completely different look, completely different style. But if you remember, that game was, hey, the winner is going to probably go to the national championship and the losers, losers may be out, except Alabama lost, still made it to the championship game and beat Alabama and beat LSU in the rematch. But that could have that type of feel like Georgia's going to be in the mix either way, probably. But that game, LSU-Bama, I think it's headed right now. That looks like the game of the year. Certainly looks like, you know, there's nothing Clemson has that's a game of the year. There's, you know, Oklahoma, Texas, which I think could be nice. I don't think Ohio State and Michigan is shaping up to be all that good. We'll see if Michigan can play better. There's nothing out West. Um, no, that is the game. It's setting up as the game of the year in college football if Bama and LSU take care of business. For sure. And, you know, Bama, I think, is a, a much bigger lock to take care of business. Um, you know, LSU will welcome both Florida and Auburn into Baton Rouge. Uh, if they can win both of those, they do have a two-week break before Bama. And, yeah, that'll that'll be a, you know, probably a two-versus-three matchup at that point. Two-versus-four two is, is what they are now. So, yeah, won't, won't get any better than that. So... All right, now tell me about uh, a team in the SEC that we knew would have a tough time this year just based on their schedule. Uh, A&M really just couldn't get anything going outside of the last drive of the game when the game was well in, uh, you know, out of question in the other Death Valley, in, in Clemson. What do you think about A&M this week? Well, they, 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 they couldn't get anything done offensively. I thought they actually, all things considered, played pretty well on the defensive side. They didn't let... Clemson explode out them uh, out on them, um, but they never were really in the game because the offense couldn't do anything. I thought Mike El Mike Elko had a really good game plan. Brent Venables had a superb game plan. He took Kellen Mond out of the game. He hit him and hit him over and over and over. Second quarter things began to unravel, and they you know Kellen Mond had the great game last year, so Venables said got to take him out, and he did so. Um, lots of multiple pressures, lots of blitz looks. Um, it really hurt AM's protections. They couldn't handle it and it kept them out of sync. Um, there were drop balls when there were openings. They just couldn't get into any sort of rhythm. So defense made a few plays, but Clemson made the big plays on offense and on defense. Here's what I took out of the game. Look, I thought AM would play it a little bit better. I thought Clemson would win and would probably win, um, you know, uh, decisively. 
Uh, there was a little bit of a backdoor cover in that game, you know. So maybe the Aggie fans that, uh, that at least maybe at least they won that if they didn't win the game. But what I took out of it was NM is fine. They but it, they it shows where they are and where they need to go and how far they need to go relative to right now. It looks to be as good as any program in the country. And look, they're going to play Georgia and Alabama, so they're going to see. They're going to get their nose rubbed into it a little bit, kind of like a little pup, you know, but they're getting better and better and they're recruiting at an elite level. And next year they get Georgia and Clemson off the schedule. So I've always felt like next year could be the real jump for AM. but I will say this. I didn't think they had any answers on offense. I thought they would be able to perform a little bit better on offense. They didn't get it done. So it's not back to the drawing board. But I do think um, it's a little bit of a sense of getting back to reality of where they need to go as a program, which, again, I think they're fine. I still think they look like one heck of a program going forward that can be competitive. The LSU continues to do what they're doing, and they're going to lose Burrow in the future. AM may be you know, the, the biggest challenger to AM next year, although I don't even like predictions this year, much less looking out that far ahead (laughs) yeah tell me about a team that had kind of a disappointing loss last week missouri losing on the um road to wyoming but came back home and and kind of played a down west virginia team and and really just took them out behind the woodshed yeah they were you know listen west virginia is 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 a rebuilding program Uh, defensively missouri was very active which they were not against uh, Wyoming. They forced three turnovers. They had a pick six. Kelly Bryant was much better. They got Roundtree involved in the running game. I think he's Ray Roundtree is one of the Larry Roundtree is one of the better running backs in the country that nobody really knows, and 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 I think was really involved. Albert O made a couple of big plays, effective in the red area. So look, he was Kelly Bryant first and foremost made good decisions, made plays, um, and and I thought he showed some good strength and speed as a runner. Uh, Get back on track a little bit. You know, we'll see. Um, they got Southeast Missouri. It's going to come down for them, see what they can do. The South Carolina game, uh, the Kentucky game, that kind of is where the determining factors are. Uh, certainly Ole Miss on, on, on a crossover game could be interesting. Um, look, I, I think they're better than Tennessee. They're definitely better than Arkansas. And look, they, it's it's about being able to take care of business in those aforementioned games. This Missouri team is really solid, and you know the race for the third spot in the SEC is open. And uh, I think they've got a really good shot. And I'm not discounting them against Florida. Why should we? They play them very well. To say that the number two spot is completely out of the question for Missouri would not be smart. Not likely in my mind. But the schedule's still favorable. But you know, that one loss to Wyoming really hurts because I thought they had a chance to go to start the season 8-0. Maybe now they're 7-1, and but I, I still think there'll be another loss. They've got to figure out a way to beat South Carolina and, and uh, Ole Miss, which, by the way, the Rebs are a little bit improved off of that first week's performance. Yeah, and then everywhere else in the conference, you know, we already we already talked about Tennessee not holding up. Everywhere else in the conference, with the exception of Vanderbilt, uh, the SEC kind of handled their business there. Take us around the rest of the league real quick, recap those games just very briefly, and then we'll get into next week's. 
Well, Vanderbilt, we'll start there with sloppy. 13 penalties, 100 yards, stalled drives. You know, they've got a couple of playmakers on offense. They're not getting good quarterback play, not getting good play up front defensively. They couldn't handle Purdue. Really, this, this Vanderbilt team's, you know, look like maybe some of the old Vanderbilt teams, and we'll see if they can get it uh, on track there. Mississippi State, Kylan Hill, um, uh, I, I mentioned him. He gets another game ball this week. What a great week last week. Th- this guy is working more and more around him. Now, the key's going to be for them. Tommy Stevens' shoulder, he was really good, left the game hurt. Garrett Schrader came in, uh, but they need Stevens back. That's a team that could be a little sleepy. They're replacing all those guys on defense. They're still pretty good. Impressive win over Southern Miss. Alabama just methodically took care of the Mexico State. They need to – I want to see improvement in the running game for them. Kentucky – uh, good news, they played well, beat Eastern Michigan. Bad news, Terry Wilson's gone for the year. That's really tough. That's going to hurt their chances, I think. Um, but Kentucky is running the football well, playing good defense. What else is new? Um, they, they've become you know, the, the quintessential developmental program in the conference. Georgia wasn't overly impressive against Murray State, but took care of business, didn't have to do a whole lot. Didn't have to stretch their legs a little bit. Um, you know, gave up some yards, um, you know, defensively that they probably shouldn't have. Uh, but we're going to see them. They're getting ready to play Notre Dame. No question about that. We're going to see uh, that's going to be their first big test. South Carolina, well, the story there was Ryan Holinsky, uh, and it's going to be the story for him taking over the quarterback position. He was great. It was against Charleston Southern. You score 72 points against air, that's pretty good. So getting it done, doing what you're supposed to do, um, you know, playing well in the fourth quarter, scoring 21 points, all those things were positive. I want to see what South Carolina can do uh, and whether this sparks them or not. Auburn, a little bit of a slow start against Tulane. This Tulane team is pretty good, and they're veteran-laden. They're well-coached. Uh, Bo Nix has still got a ways to go, but they at least a little bit more of their offense. And they're trying to work through it. They're going to need to play better and get more out of the passing game if they're going to have a shot, in my opinion, against an LSU, which they haven't beaten in Baton Rouge since 1999. We'll see. Florida was really sharp. and Felipe Franks was really good. But look, uh, it's all about what Felipe can do uh, this week against Kentucky, what he can do against LSU, against good defenses, what he can do against Auburn. Uh, Felipe's looked really well in stretches and games. He's looked well against weaker opponents. Uh, what he can do in those big-time games, particularly on the road, uh, can his confidence level stay up? Those are the things I'm looking for there. So big, impressive win over UT Martin. So, um, and I, you know, finally, the, the 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 team that I need to give, if I was going to give a team ball, it might be, you know, aside from LSU, might be Ole Miss defensively, they've played well the first two weeks. And no, this is not a walkover Memphis offense that they played. They've done a really nice job. Offensively, they unleashed it on Arkansas. And this is not a this is Arkansas team that's right near with Tennessee and Vanderbilt near the bottom of the SEC. But Ole Miss did a really nice job. And I'm, I'm curious to see where Rich Rod could take this offense. Uh, they're not a lot of wins on their schedule. That's a win, one of the few that they're going to win most likely, but they're going to beat Southeast Louisiana. A couple of weeks, a sneaky game, not this weekend, but next. They host the Cal Bears. 
Justin Wilcox. Uh, he's got a really good defense at Cal. That's going to be a real challenge. Then it's going to be about can they beat Vandy? You know, um, you know uh, the I, 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 you know it's going to be a challenge against Missouri and A and M and Auburn. But you know, I don't know that Ole Miss can get to bowl eligibility. But I will say this: that I was impressed with how they looked defensively the two weeks on film. And then I was, they did not look good offensively against Memphis. But the offensive line play improved a little bit. And I got to say that Arkansas has as good a personnel as Memphis. Uh, I just thought the improvement was real for the Rebs this week. Yeah, so let's look at, uh, let's look at next week's game, or this week's games. I guess we're just a few days away now. Uh, let's start at the top. Tell me about Bama going into South Carolina. Yeah, I, I think that while the improvements and the excitement over South Carolina this past week, I think that gets that gets slashed. I know we're going to hear all this talk about, well, last time, 2010, now, that, that South Carolina team that pulled the big upset, uh, nothing is similar about that. I, I think this South Carolina team is a little bit better than they've played, not, not last week, but I think they're a little bit better than they showed against North Carolina. I, I think they really played um, sloppy in terms of, and, and a little bit, uh, disorganized on how they played schematically. They're they're pretty good at the line of scrimmage. They ran the football well this week. Um, got a couple of game balls to divvy out there, but uh, I, I think that they're going to have a hard time against this Bama defense, and I think they get behind, and I think this is going to be one-sided. What about Florida? Kentucky broke the streak last year. Um, Vegas has that as a pretty close game. I think it's you know eight and a half, nine points. I don't think they're projecting that to be a blowout. But uh, Florida goes on the road to Kentucky. Florida had a couple of injuries. Um, some guys going to be out this week. Uh, what do you look for out of that game? Well, if Florida wants to be the player that they think they can be this year, you take care of business on the road here. You're better than Kentucky. Terry Wilson's out. Um, Felipe, you know, needs to step up and play well against a well-coached defense that's doesn't have the elite talent of a Josh Allen that they had last year. Florida's better, okay? And pure and simple, uh, if they don't play poorly and turn it over, which is always a possibility, um, they win this game. And, and they, to me, I, I, I think that this is a no-brainer for me uh, unless – you start to get the knucklehead play and the turnovers, and all of a sudden that brings the game in into a different whole level. But I think Florida is a better team here, and I don't see a whole lot of intrigue other than, well, can Florida play smart? Can they play well? If they do, they win. And quite frankly, if they play well, they win going away decisively. I tend to agree there. I think Florida has to play pretty poorly or just be terribly unlucky. I think they cover that eight and a half. Again, I know this isn't a betting show, but some of us are degenerates. And so I think Florida, <laughs> co- I think Florida covers that eight and a half and, go- and wins pretty convincingly. You know, but I probably would have bet on Miami last week too. So, you know, maybe I'm not the best person for you to listen to, to what I think. Um, tell me about a sneaky good game. Uh, Mississippi State, Kansas State. You know, Mississippi State, as I mentioned, uh, uh, the, the the availability and the health, if he plays, of Tommy Stevens is critical. They're running the football well, talking about with Kylan Hill. Um, Mississippi State's a little bit better, and they're certainly at Scott Field, got an advantage here. Uh, but this Kansas State team looks pretty good. Watched them on film. They've not played anybody yet. I like Mississippi State at home. I think they've got a quarterback advantage if Stevens can play. 
Mississippi State's got bigger receivers, so they've got some matchup advantages in the secondary. This should be interesting, but a nice little test, a little underrated test, and an underrated game in the uh, – I kind of – put games into time slots as I'm in the central time zone in the 11, eight, uh, 11 a.m. time slot. This is maybe the most intriguing game. I know it's not a great game, but that and Pitt Penn state uh, would be the, the, uh, the interesting games. But uh, I think Mississippi state takes care of business at home. I think they've got a little bit too much talent here. Yeah. So take me around the rest of the, uh, conference tell me where you kind of see i know not a lot of ton of marquee matchups but give me a breakdown or just something to look for for the rest of the games in conference and uh we'll take a look at those i think we're going to see more of the same of georgia uh they play arkansas state you know the storyline here and i been uh, would be remiss if i didn't mention you know thoughts and prayers to to blake anderson who's you know, in a tough time, he is back with his team. Um, he lost his wife to cancer a week before the start of the regular season. He's back with the team. Mostly, I don't know if people have seen it. I think it's on one of those YouTube things. He surprised the team and showed up at the team hotel last week. And um, he's taken a leave of absence, but he's back with the team. You know, Georgia's getting ready for Notre Dame, pure and simple. Tennessee's got to got to work on them, and they've got to take care of uh, Chattanooga at home. And um you know, start to kind of turn things around a little bit. Um, Arkansas, Arkansas has to be careful against Colorado State. They blew that game last year. I'm going to tell you, it's getting uncomfortable. I mean, we can talk about the disgruntlement. I don't know if that's a word. I just invented it. If it is disgruntlement, <laughs> we'll, we'll go with it. Um, at Tennessee, let Arkansas drop to Colorado State again this year. And you're going to have almost an equal amount of disgruntlement in Fayetteville. Uh, this is a game that they've got to win. I mean, it's a must win because I don't think they're very good. I don't think they have many wins on the schedule. And I don't know that I could say with all honesty that they're getting better. And the degree of which Ole Miss handled them last week, I think, is eye-opening. Ole Miss handles the Southeast Louisiana Lions and continues to get better. Auburn's got Kent State. Um, you know, they'll take care of business here. AM, same thing with Lamar. LSU, same thing with Northwest Louisiana. And Missouri's got SEMO, Southeast Missouri State, um, in Springfield. So uh, I think it's definitely not a lot of big matchups outside of a couple of uh, conference games and uh, an out of conference game in Mississippi State. Kansas State is the most intriguing of the bunch. So, going to be a lot of wins. But we're starting to get closer and closer to where we're going to get into conference play and we're going to start to see this conference separate quite a bit. We'll see if Mississippi State could be a difficult out for somebody. Is it a clear, clear separation, say, between an Alabama and an LSU and the rest? Or can Auburn get their offense going and improved? Can AM bounce back and and you know it's it, we're going to learn a lot in the East again. Can Missouri get back on track? Can can Florida d- develop more consistency? A lot of answers not going to be answered this week, but they're going to begin take another step towards those answers. So, yeah, no, I I agree there. Um, you know, tell me about a couple of hot seats. What uh, whose seat is hotter between? Uh, Tennessee, Arkansas, and Florida States. We'll go a little com- cross-conference podcast uh, hot seats. Um, you know, um, 
you know, they're, they're all in the second year. No, I, I would say that right now uh, that Florida State is, is maybe the most dire situation. I, my sense, and you correct me because you're, you have the pulse of the fan a lot more than I do. My sense is that while there is some support that Jeremy Pruitt is a good coach and could turn it around by their fan base in Tennessee, I don't get the sense that there's much of that at all for Willie Taggart at FSU. And I'm sure there's some, but I think it's a smaller, smaller uh, group of people that feel that. I, I think that Arkansas would probably be next. But the fact that, I mean, Arkansas lost to Ole Miss, and they weren't impressive against Portland State. But they didn't lose to Georgia State. And, and they lost to BYU, which is no shame, but how they lost, that's alarming. So I, I think that it's hotter at, uh, at Tennessee than it is. I mean, it, it, it's hot at Florida State, and I would, then I'd say Tennessee. Then I'd put Arkansas at that next, that next level. But again, let, the, let them lose to Colorado State, which I don't think they will. But let them lose to them, then, then I think that that becomes uh, right there with Tennessee. Let's say Tennessee beats Chattanooga, which they will, and Arkansas loses. Then, then it becomes that – then I, I would say Arkansas enters into that mix. But here's the thing about it. You know, buying out a lot of these contracts are really unrealistic. And so there's pressure, but – a complete collapse. I mean, a complete dire collapse is the only thing right now that's going to get momentum for, I know the appetite outside the programs or to make a change, but uh, particularly at, in Tallahassee, and you know that, I, I don't think the appetite inside is to make that change. Uh, I, I think if it gets so dire, they may have to reconsider that, but I don't. I think that they're looking at trying to, as they have the offseason, to try to set the stage of, hey, you know, baby steps, we're making some strides, but at this point they can't sell making strides. Whereas Tennessee, you know, again, there's, there's a lot of unhappiness because the, the, the frustration at Tennessee has been worse longer. I mean, they've had a lot of coaching hires and a lot of moves, whereas the frustration at Florida State's new. It's huge, but it hadn't been for 10 years at Florida State the frustration like it is at Tennessee and, 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 and the frustration at Arkansas hadn't been as long. So everyone's a little bit different, but, but the appetite for change administratively, considering what the buyouts are, I, you know, that's the appetite on the outside, on the inside. I can tell you it's not. Yeah. Tell me about some game balls that you got for this week. Who do you want to hand yeah. those out to? Yeah. I got to tell you, Joe Burrow definitely gets one, maybe two. Tua gets one. Um, I thought he played pretty well, but Burrow was the king, the game balls. I got to tell you, Kylan Hill gets another one. Um, I thought uh, Mo Denson and Kevin Harris were great at running back. I thought Ty Chandler did some good things. The LSU receivers, Marshall and Chase and Jefferson that I talked about in the recap of the Texas game really stood out. Judy was good. Brian Edwards of South Carolina, also very good. I think Eli Wolf is doing a good job at tight end, replacing Isaac Nada at Georgia. Albert O. Stepping up at Missouri, doing a good job on the offensive line at tackle. I thought Stone's foresight played pretty well last week for the Gators. I thought inside at guard, Christopher Bleich did a really good job for the Gators. 
I thought that the play best up front was by Kentucky. Kennard and Young at tackle and Stenberg at Kentucky were really good, as was Fortner. Um, and at the center position, I was really impressed with Drake Jackson and his play, along with Nick Buchanan at Florida. Um, ben Cleveland did a good job at guard as well. Defensively, Marlon Davidson was really good on the outside as the edge defender for Auburn. I thought Derek Brown was really good in, in the interior um, for Auburn. I thought Zach Pickens did a good job for the Gamecocks and Bohanna at Kentucky and Calvin Taylor were at Kentucky against underman uh, protectors uh, this week uh, at linebacker. I thought T.J. Brunson did a good job for South Carolina. Nick Bolton and Kel Garrett did a good job at Mizzou. DeAndre Square was good at Kentucky. The secondary, uh, to me, I thought McCree was good at Auburn. Sertain, Sertain's really good uh, and played very well again at Alabama. I know level of competition is an issue, but um, Rodney Elam played pretty well on the loss, all things considered. For AM against Clemson, and John Dixon did a good job at Carolina. Def- at, at the secondary, Cameron Curl played fairly effectively against Ole Miss. RJ Roderick, South Carolina, did a nice job. Bledsoe did a good job at Mizzou, and Dixon did a good job at Auburn. So I thought Jordan Battle and Cameron Dantzler were really good in nickel packages and sub packages this week. Cool. Well, there's the game balls that we have for this week. Uh, anything else before we get out of here, Chris? Anything on your mind? No, I think this week uh, we're we're going to see a little bit uh, Florida take the next step. I think we're going to see you know Alabama after not playing people you know uh, first couple of weeks will will maybe make a statement against Carolina. Um, I, I'm I'm holding my breath for Arkansas to play well, Tennessee to play well. Um, outside of that, I think it's going to be about getting ready and getting healthy for conference play because the rest of those opponents are not really good with this, with the exception of Mississippi state, just intrigued to watch them against Kansas state. I expect them to win, but that's a tougher game than most people have on the schedule this week. Yeah. Well, we'll be back next week. We'll break it all down again. We'll break down, see if there's any upsets or anything that kind of shocked us in the sec. And then we'll look ahead to week four. We are getting into some of that conference play It'll be going and cranked up good next week. So we appreciate you joining us. If you have anything you'd like to get at us about, you can tweet us. It's at SEC Football Show. You can also email me, TJ, at Big 3 Rollup. You can contact Chris uh, with the button there on LandryFootball.com. If you have anything that you'd like to chat with us about, any questions for the show, or if you'd like to partner um, at all, let us know in any way. And we'd be happy to kind of entertain some of those questions or conversations. Chris, I look forward to seeing you again next week, man. Same time, same place. And I look forward to it, man. Enjoy a great week of SEC football, everybody. 